You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. from vacation. Glory to God. Hope you had a good time. How many of you have been on vacation already this year? Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. Come on, don't, don't be shy. How many of you are going to go on another vacation sometime this year? <laughs> as many as we can. Praise God. Awesome. I know I was, always, I was kind of messing with Eddie and Amy the other day. I said, you and Steve and Faith need to hang out. You guys are always out of town. <laughs> it's awesome. That was an amazing praise break, Faith. <laughs> I expect that while I'm preaching as well. You know, while there's a revelation, you know, because the same type of praise, right? Like, like y'all did last week when I talked about Mexican food and everybody got like real excited. Like you are right now even, you know? But anyways, how many of you are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, there we go. That was, that was okay. <laughs> that was pretty good, not gonna lie. We could probably do better. How many of you are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? There we go. Come on, he's worthy, right? And I was sitting here in worship, and I was just thinking, you know, and I really just want us to change our awareness, and I'm not preaching this this morning, and I probably will soon. Um, but I want us to understand when we come together, we come to, we come to host the Lord. We're hosting him. So I want, if we can maybe start to change some of our mindset when we're, we're coming to church. No, we're actually coming together to host him. So how would, how, would you, um, how would you act? How would you present yourself? How would you present your heart if you were hosting the Lord? Does that make sense? So as we come to gather on Sunday mornings, I want us to kind of change our mentality of coming to sit and sing songs. We're coming to host the King. Amen? And he, he wants, uh, and, um, he, he, you know, worship in Romans 12.1 says um, that we present ourselves a living and holy sacrifice unto the Lord. This is our worship. That's, uh, I condensed it a little bit. Like he's saying, your life to me, surrender to me, is actually your worship to me. And when we get that down, then our songs actually are pleasing to the Lord. Amen? So I just want us, I want us to get um, that understanding in our church. So on Sunday mornings when we come, we come to host the presence of God. Amen? So we, we host him, we invite him in, and we, we give him all of ourselves, and we're in reverence of him, amen? Amen. So, um, yeah, if you haven't signed up for the journey, sign up uh, today. It's time, time to get involved, time to join the church. If you've been here for a while, this is your home church, come on. Um, also, um, want to greet our online people. Anybody's watching online, we'd like to greet you as well. Good to have you as well. The Lord can touch you and heal you and minister to you through that computer or in your car, wherever you are today. Maybe there's some people on the beach. I'm talking to some people. They're like, yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in out of town, but I, I watch the service. <laughs> I think Jeremy is like in Puerto Rico or something recently. <laughs> and I, was, I thought he was joking, but he's still watching the service. So I encourage you guys, even if you're missing a Sunday, to, to, to tune in and not miss out on what the Lord is saying. Amen? Amen? Amen. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate that so much. Um, so we're a healthy home for the city. Somebody say healthy. 
Um, did you know that the word for saved in the Bible, that word in the Greek is the word sozo, and it's the same word that's used for saved. It's the same word that can be used for healed. Somebody say healed. And then the same word that can be used at times for delivered. Somebody say delivered. So it's, it's a, there's a complete work that God wants to do. And I think we grew up in a culture where it's just so quick of like, hey, God just wants, are you saved? Have you been saved? Are you saved? Like, yes, my sin is washed away, but I could probably still use some healing and some deliverance. This is what we mean at the Father's house by a healthy home for the city. That we're not just a bunch of people with our sin washed away waiting for heaven, but we're people who are actually getting our souls restored while we wait. That's a good word. And that's what our desire is for you. We want to, and I believe the Lord wants to do some of that work today. I believe the Lord wants to get into uh, some of the deep places of your heart today. Amen. And if that makes you cringe a little bit, uh, then the Father's house is going to be a place that probably makes you cringe a lot because that's what we're going after. We don't just want you to just get saved one day and start serving on a team. We want to see your life start to get healed, your whole life start to get healthy. We want to see your whole family start to get healthy in every area because the, the reality, what will happen is people will start to see your life and what all the work God has done emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and they'll be like, wow, I want that. And I feel like for too long the church has just talked about being saved from sin and not being completely whole, healed, and delivered, and we're not attractive to the world. We're not attractive to the world because we're just waiting to get to heaven, but we're still angry and bitter. And, and, and you know what I mean? And, and we got to do a full work. The Lord wants to do a full work. Somebody say a full work. He wants to do a full work, and today we're going to let him work. Amen. Come on, can we just believe that this morning? Can you lift out your hands in front of you and just say, Jesus, I let you in. Come on, say it again like you mean it. Jesus, I let you in today. I trust you. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Awesome. Man, I'm, I'm excited this morning, and I got like two shots of espresso in me, so it's like a, it's like a Holy Ghost, caffeine-induced, wild man up here, okay? <laughs> so get ready. Um, so I had a dream um, this past Thursday. Uh, I woke up, as soon as I woke up in the morning, and the dream was kind of a reoccurring dream that I have a lot that actually is not usually a good dream. And I, but I was in service, or I was in my office somewhere, and I was on my computer, and I had the word the Lord wanted me to preach, and I, was, I barely was typing it in my computer and all I remember typing was the Lord speaking to me and saying, I want you to talk about bitterness. And I woke up and I told Maddie, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I got the message for Sunday. And then I started thinking, well, Lord, my, my whole goal today is not that people just leave here understanding that they're bitter. My goal today is that some people might break out of some bitterness and resentment and maybe I can paint a picture today that can help you see how harmful it can be to not just yourself but to people around you and how to guard ourselves in the future from becoming bitter as well. The Bible actually has a whole lot to say about putting away bitterness and putting away anger and these things in the body of Christ. And so I was praying. I was like, all right, Lord. And I started um, just to pray into it a little more. The Lord gave me one scripture that which we'll get to here shortly. Um, 
but I felt the Lord, we're, gonna, we're just going to have a moment. We're going um, to give God an opportunity at the end of the service um, just to let people who are, have ears to hear, eyes to see, people who are um, willing to say, God, let me say it like this. Like, I don't want you to check out right now. Like, hear me. I don't want you to check out and think, I- I'm, oh, I'm not bitter. Or the opposite, I'm angry at everybody and I'm, st- I'm still not going to listen to you either. <laughs> I don't want you to check out. Because there's an opportunity this morning, I truly believe, that God can break some things and set some people free this morning. Amen? And if you want to be, and somebody say, I want to be. <laughs> and I felt to the Lord, like, we're just going to have a moment at the end of the service where I'm going to have you respond. I'm going to have you come to the front, uh, be in your seat, whatever it looks like, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And we're going to get back uh, just into a song. I came home yesterday, and Maddie was practicing for worship, and she was singing part of that song, Your Nature um, the bridge, you know, uh, sing out, oh barren woman, sing out, oh broken man. And I was just like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to have a moment to just break things off for people who are willing to, to step out this morning. Amen? Amen, amen. So that's what we're going to do today. So uh, I felt the Lord say we're going to break out of some of this this morning, and we're going to guard from uh, uh, having it come into our lives in the future. Um, so let's see. And I, then I started thinking, like, you know, bitterness, and if it leads to resentment, um, it, it can become a stronghold. How many of you know you can have good strongholds and bad strongholds? Well, let me explain. You can have a stronghold of bitterness and resentment that literally just makes you angry and pours out all those negative things. Or you can have a stronghold of forgiveness and mercy and grace that nothing else can come into. The, the, the Bible, you ever notice that the Lord, even sometimes, he'll say that the Lord is my refuge, my strong tower. Amen? And it's because he's saying, I want to be these fortresses in your life of mercy and grace and forgiveness. And the devil wants to come in and build fortresses in your life of anger, resentment, bitter, depression, malice. Does this make sense? And God's saying, hey, we're going to break down some of those things this morning. We're actually going to build new things. Amen? Amen. So, some people will be released um, today. Um, so so where, where does this come from? We all know uh, bitterness comes from past pains, right? It comes from being betrayed. And, and one thing the Lord really highlighted to me this, uh, two days ago, uh, it comes from people, and I think this is one of the hardest ones. It's when we're unfairly treated. Hear me. It's when we're unfairly treated. I want you to know this morning, this message is not to show you that you're, you've done something wrong. Uh, the, the heart of the Father this morning is to also to say, hey, you've been unfairly treated. <laughs> and we validate that this morning. That you've been, the Lord's not saying, uh, he's not just brushing over it and acting like it didn't happen or things haven't happened to you. He, he's just saying you can't let that in and stay because it's only gonna defile you and I'll show you in the Bible. And the Lord, uh, it was so past pain, especially un- unfair treatment, when it's like, well, this isn't fair. Maybe something happened to you as a kid. Something happened to you when you were a teenager. I know I was listening to um, Joyce Meyer. I don't know if anybody listens to Joyce Meyer, but she's got a crazy testimony. Like her own father uh, molested her, her own dad. And she talks about it openly. Talk about having some unfair, my goodness. Man, like you're, you're the, your dad's supposed to protect you. It's supposed to protect your purity. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's got all the reasons in the world to hold on to be like, man, no. And I feel like we, we, sometimes we take on an identity because of our unfair treatment and we're like, how dare you tell me to get over it? 
And we're not saying get over it. I'm just telling you that a huge part of the kingdom of God and actually the only access to get in is through forgiveness. And this is a kingdom. This is a, the church is built on the culture of forgiveness. You know what I mean? Like we are the people that actually we're supposed to be marked by forgiveness. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, it's almost like there's some scripture that's very debatable in the Bible that a lot of people debate about, but it seems kind of clear that when the Lord will say, unless you forgive, you will not be forgiven. And it's like, a lot of people debate, you know, what that really means, but I don't know. <laughs> it's, it seems kind of clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he says, Jesus said, unless you forgive, you cannot be forgiven. It's like, man, that's a pretty strong statement by the Lord. But I, I want to just start out by saying, we're not trying to invalidate unfair treatment. So can we just stay there for a moment? <laughs> no one's trying to invalidate unfair treatment. I've been unfairly treated myself, like a lot of people, right? But did you know that you give people the power over you when you hold the bitterness and resentment against them? The people who had power over you, the people who misused the power over you, you continue to give them that power and come under when you still hold on to it. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, I know, listen, no one in this room wants to keep that going. <laughs> you don't. You know you don't. And I was just like, all right, Lord, help me piece this together. And he took me to one scripture that I think is just so beautiful. And so it's in Hebrews 12, verse 15. So where does bitterness come from? It comes from betrayals. It comes from unfair treatment. It also can come from jealousy and envy that's rooted in an orphan heart. The thing of like, why not me? You know, why this person? Why does this always happen? Why not me? And that can also turn, that's just, these are just open doors. Somebody say open doors for these bitterness and resentment to come in. And let me show you Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. This is so, so good, and we're gonna break this down. I, I love how the NLT puts this. It says, that's one of my favorite parts. Look after each other. That, so that none of you fails, somebody say fails, to receive the grace of God, and it says, watch out. Look at your neighbor and say, watch out. That no poisonous, say poisonous, root of bitterness grows up. Paul, say grows up. How many of you know that bitterness grows up, and it'll grow up into something? It grows up to what? Trouble. You doing what? Did you notice it said that, listen to that, who does it trouble? And also who does it trouble? Many. Another translation would say that because of it, many have been defiled. That word defiled means stained. <laughs> it means to be stained like a shirt. You have a big stain on your shirt, right? We've been this stain, um, and it's like the word defile usually correlates in the Bible with, with people who are not with Christ, <laughs> people who are not born again. And it's saying because of this, it can lead to trouble and corrupting many where people can be stained. Remember that song? We sing songs like, uh, you know, what can wash away my sin? And that's the good news of this, right? If there's a stain of bitterness in your life this morning, his blood can wash away that stain. <laughs> like that's what it does. He, he, has a, he makes us undefiled and unstained. Does this make sense? And so first off, I wanted to say just very simply, and I was like, man, it's such a simple word. 
I want to, the first part says look after each other. Look after each other. I don't know about you, but I have some kids. And I started thinking about war as well. When you get in the army, some of you have been in the army, and there's like, they have this thing of like, leave, leave no man behind. Is anybody in the army? Is that a real thing or is that just on movies? I'm not real sure. But leave no man behind. And that's what I feel like the Lord is saying. He's saying like in the church, it's supposed to be family. It's supposed to be, man, come on. Like, you know, the, we, the church shouldn't have to look to the army to see what family looks like. The army should be looking to the church. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gang, we shouldn't have to look to gangs and, and whatever else to see what community looks like. They should be looking at us. And it starts to what real church family, one of our core values is family, What core is looking after one another, taking responsibility for the people in this church that say, this is my church, and if people are falling short, if people have this stain of bitterness, I'm gonna go to them in love. I wanna see people get free because I don't want them to be defiled and corrupting many. Not out of judgment and out of hey I'm better than you and self-righteousness and because it's a reality in church a lot of times we don't know how to actually talk to people in love and kindness we're just self-righteous and these things are wrong and you should fix them I don't do those things that's not the Lord you know it's in humility that we actually care I think about uh, my kids and, and I've told Carter the most because Carter's the oldest and when we're certain places even at church on Sundays and I'm like hey Carter Watch out, look after your brothers and sisters. When we go to this place in Evansville that's like this big indoor play place like McDonald's but like on steroids, it's amazing by the way, it's called Deep Blue. And I take Redding and I take Mercy and Elena and I, I, before we go, I say, hey, I say, Mercy, Redding, look after Elena. Look after her. Watch after her, why? Because that's your sister. And we're family. You hear what I'm saying? This is not church members and church congregants. This is a family with brothers and sisters. I remember I was talking to uh, Pastor Faith the other night, and I was standing beside her, and I was just like, man, this is my sister. This is my big sister. My little big sister. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, we're supposed to look after each other, just like I tell my kids, look after your sister. And, when, and what that sometimes looks like is when somebody that you're close to in the church is stained with resentment and bitterness, you're, you're saying, man, I want to see you get free. I want to see you get help. I want to see you come out of that. I want to look after you because it's going to defile you and it's going to defile many. It's going to corrupt things in your life, and I don't want you to be corrupted. I love you. I want to see you saved, healed, and delivered. I don't want to. Come on, somebody. Listen, we, we settled so much for just, well, they're going to heaven. Yes, I'm not trying to downplay heaven, but we, you might have 80 years on this side of heaven. And we live just broken. I'm depressed, and, I, and this stuff has happened to me. And it's like, we're not saying, remember, we're not downplaying unfair treatment. We're just saying God has come to wipe away that stain. Come on, and he's come, to, he's come to wipe it with his blood. And, he, and he's saying, hey, the, the way out is forgiveness. And it's not easy. <laughs> There's nothing easy about it. You notice I've never said, oh, that's easy. I was sitting there, sometimes you know when my kids fight, what does I say sometimes, it's a daily, it's a daily thing. But when my kids fight and 
uh, you know, they're really young and they don't really know how to communicate well. All they really know how to communicate is, I don't like that. I don't want that. And they'll say like really hurtful things like, I don't like dad. <laughs> you know, and then we'll say, I don't like those. I don't like mercy. I don't like reading. I'm like, that's not nice. Like, but that's, they're trying to communicate like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> you know, I'm not, no. And I'll say, you know, and it's so good. Sometimes me and Maddie, which is not daily, glory to God, fighting as much. <laughs> I got convicted. I'm like, all right, is this right? And uh, when we're fighting, and, and then Mercy, it's so sweet, or Elena, and then they'll come in between us and they'll stop fighting. You know what Elena will say to me? She gets really, her heart gets like really soft and she'll come to me and she'll almost be in tears and she'll say, you love mommy. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> oh, you're, yes. What do you do? How do you keep fighting after that? I don't. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I know how. Come to my house. <laughs> and it's probably because there's some deep-rooted bitterness and resentment that you're stuck in. And you have to start to learn how to get it out and keep it out. So somebody say, get it out. Yeah. And then keep out bitterness. Say, keep out bitterness. And, and I remember um, I say with, um, and I say with mercy, and Elaine, when she'll say the same thing to me, she'll say, I don't like mercy. I don't like ready. And we'll say back to them, no, 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 you, you'll say, no, you love mercy. No, I don't. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful when you have, you have little kids and they, they have like their friends and you're like, don't be nice to them. That's your friend. They're like, no, it's not. <laughs> Our parents are friends, you know. Anyways, but I look at my daughter and I'll say, hey, no, you love mercy. Hey, you, we're, that's your sister and we're family and we protect family and we take care of one another. We might fight, we might get in disagreements, but ultimately, that's my sister, that's my brother, and I'm gonna fight for her, and I'm gonna look after her. How many of you have an older brother that fought with you a ton, but he probably looked after you, <laughs> and if some boys are trying to beat up on you or something, he was there? <laughs> you know what I mean? So can we say at the Father's house that we're gonna look after one another? You know what I mean? Because we're not just church members. That we're... If you're, if you're born again, you're a part of the family of God, whether or not you're a part of the Father's house or not. He's a father, and we're sons and daughters, insinuating. Actually, the Bible says that we're, that really, Christ is like a brother to us. He's the firstborn of many brothers, right? And sisters, ladies, come on. But we want to look after one another because we're family, amen? And then I wanted, the next part of this says that none of you, Here's the point. Why are we looking after one another for business? That none of you fails to receive. Whoa. Insinuating that if you hold on to bitterness and resentment, that you're actually failing to receive something from God. And if you break this down a little further, it says the grace of God, the word grace is charged, which means basically the benefits of God, the generosity of God, saying, hey, you're going to actually miss out on some of the benefits and generosity of God by holding this in your heart. And he's saying, look after one another, not because we want to point out you're doing something wrong. It's because we want you to have an exchange for something God's trying to get to you. And when you, when you have forgiveness come in, and when you, have, when you let things go, and you forgive, and you move past, and you bless, then what will happen is you'll realize that you're free. You'll realize that you have something called peace. 
that surpasses understanding. You know why it's peace that surpasses understanding? It's because we can have peace about something that really actually hurt us. But when we can give it to God, it's like, I can have a supernatural peace. I'm not going to lie. I was at a store the other day, and I saw a guy that's just, we've had some major disagreements. And he's been pretty ugly on social media. And I stopped following him, one of the very few people. And I've seen him, and he's seen me. And at first in my heart was kind of like, freaking heck. You know what I mean? Honestly, I know you guys are so much better than me. You would never do that, right? And honestly, I was like, oh. Hmm. Lord, what do I do? Because I have an opportunity right now to let, let the bitterness and resentment really take root. And I can just kind of give them a dirty look. And I'm better than you. I'm better than me. You know, I could go down a long list of things. You're ugly. Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> I got more money than you. You know, I could, just, I could keep going. You know what I mean? And, you know, and instead, I was just like, man, what I do? And I just immediately felt my heart. Almost like in a sense, it's like, the Lord's like, no, you love him. And I was like, oh, man, what does that look like? And it's the Bible that came to me immediately, love is kind. And so I had to, and it wasn't fake, because I mean, if you know, a lot of us know how to do some really good fake kindness. I used to work with the lady that served tables. She was the most, man, God bless her. But she'd go up to tables. How are you guys doing today? Oh, it's so good to have you guys here. And then she'd walk away and be like, Probably gonna give me a dollar, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you're that person. But reality, right? And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm not gonna be fake kind. How do I not be fake kind? Oh, Christ lives in me and he's not fake kind. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just, I, I, I greet him. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? He literally just does this. And you know, I wish I could tell you that in my flesh, I just wanted to be like, forget you, dude. But I didn't. It was just like, because there was no root. Do you hear what I'm saying? There wasn't a root there. It's something I've already, let me say it like this. It's something I already dealt with when I got offended. When you don't deal with things when you get offended, they take root, a poisonous root, and then you'll start to fail to receive things from the Lord, and then you'll start to wonder when they start to, man... When you Listen, you have to deal with the fence before it takes root. How many of you know it took me, I was, I, Maddie was with me, and I didn't, get, I didn't get to the kind and forgiveness part very quickly when it happened, I'll tell you that much. I battled with all that. It was like, I'm, I'm mad, I feel accused, I feel falsely accused, I feel attacked, I feel like you're attacking my character and things that aren't even true, right? And I, I battled with that. But, I, 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 but I've learned, I've learned, and I want you to learn at the Father's house, let me say it like this, we're never gonna stop talking about this. Never. Because I've learned to recognize, somebody say recognize, I've learned to recognize the schemes of the devil. And I've learned to recognize, oh, I'm offended. Oh, the devil wants me to be offended. The devil wants this to take root so it'll bring corruption and defile my life. No, 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 no. I gotta deal with this offense. 
Does this make sense? To me, it makes just very simple sense. And I'm like, man, I've learned to be like, no, that's the devil. And let me say it like this. I don't want anything from the devil, and neither do you, right? So we don't want to fail to receive something from the Lord. And let me, it goes on to say this. This is, this is crazy. You notice it says a poisonous root? A poisonous root. How many of you would openly drink poison? You see what I'm saying? If I had a cup of bleach down here and I was like, line up. Who wants the first shot? Yeah, hopefully, if I ever do that, leave the church. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But how many of you would openly drink poison on purpose? How many of you walking through the, the woods and hiking? I've seen some of y'all going to waterfalls and stuff. You're like, oh, that's some poison oak. Let's grab it and rub it on our bodies. And what am I trying to paint here? I'm trying to paint a picture that you wouldn't drink poison. You take it very seriously. Even in our house, if you come to my house, I have, I have locks on the doors under our sink. Why? To protect our kids from drinking poison. You see what I'm saying? In the church, we need to learn how to protect ourselves from drinking poison. And it's a poisonous root. None of us would voluntarily drink poison. So we have to be able to see, oh, that's a fence. Oh, that's a, that would be a poisonous root, and that's going to defile my life. I don't, it's, it's really that simple to me. Oh, that's poison. No thanks. You, does this make sense to you? It's a poisonous root. Also, you know, that really just hit me. It was like we actually set up boundaries and guards in our life to protect ourselves from poisonous things. And we need to do the same thing with our spiritual life and our hearts. That's why the Bible would say this, guard your hearts. Guard your hearts, just like that cabinet from poison. Guard it from poison. Because poison's gonna come in and it's gonna defile you. Amen? Say amen if it makes sense. Somebody say, I don't want poison. <laughs> I know this is real deep this morning. <laughs> real simple, right? I believe the kingdom is pretty simple. So we protect our kids from poison. We want, to protect, we want to protect each other from poison. How many of you know if I saw my child about to grab the bleach, I'm smack the bleach out of the hand. You know what I mean? I'm going to protect them. I'm going to look after my kids from poisonous things. And we're going to look after one another for poisonous things. Does this make sense? Amen, amen. So another reason, the reason why it says a root of bitterness is insinuating that there is coming fruit of bitterness. So there's a root insinuating that when you have this root, this root turns into fruit. And this fruit will look like, guys, it will look like deception. It will look like anger. It will look like resentment. Let me just say this. When you are stuck in bitterness and stuck in resentment, you, you might not see it, but you're willfully saying, hey, God, I don't want to do what you've commanded me to do. You've commanded me to, to be free from this. You've commanded me to forgive. I don't want to do that. So you are opening up your heart and your eyes to be deceived. When you hold on to this poison, I see so many people. But listen, if, you're not, if your heart's not healthy and you're really not in a healthy place, you're, gonna, you're so easy to be deceived. Because when you hold bitterness and resentment, you'll get on an island. And when you're on an island, you are breeding ground for deception. 
when no one's allowed to actually speak into your life, you are a breeding ground to be deceived. And that's why when anyone tries to correct you, anyone tries to give you constructive criticism, you don't actually hear it. It's because you're deceived. If you all, let me say this, if you always think that when somebody tries to give you any constructive criticism or anything, you think that they're wrong, they're probably not. We gotta get to a place where we have people close enough. If you call this church home and we're your pastors, we're not here to shame you or anything, we don't want you to drink poison. You know what I mean? I don't want, listen, you don't want, I don't want to drink poison. You know, I have pastors and leaders in my life who, who are correcting me, and, and I will continue to invite them to. Um, so let's not do that, amen? I don't want anything to defile me. I don't want anything to stain me and corrupt my life. Some of the other fruit of that root of bitterness will be just unhealthy relationships, you know? And, if, and man, if this, God is saying like, hey, we're gonna deal with that. If you haven't gone to freedom in our church yet and maybe, whatever, sign up, get to freedom, do it again, whatever you need to do, continue to do it. Listen, how many of you know, I'm gonna have to continue to forgive that guy. I'll probably see him again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I have, guess what I'll have another opportunity to do? I'll have another opportunity to give to the Lord. And I think sometimes we get confused about what forgiveness really looks like. we say, well, it still hurts again. Oh, it hurt me again. That's acting like it's never gonna affect us again. No, it's just not letting it get and put roots in. Every time it comes back up, no, Lord, I refuse. They're yours. Nope, I'm not gonna even talk. You know what we do? We play out conversations in our head that we could have had with them or should have had with them. Or future ones. And you are, you're, listen, we, you're arguing with somebody that's not there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we gotta be careful because a lot of the times it's just, we're letting it fester, we're giving it voice, we're giving it words, and it's actually like we're building a case while they're bad. And then it easily can step right into the bitterness and resentment, especially when you've been unfairly treated. Because when you're unfairly treated, you feel like you have the right to be bitter. No one had a better right and a more of a, um, no one had more of a right to be bitter than Jesus. Nobody. One of my favorite quotes is, um, no one's been hurt more by the church than Jesus and he still shows up. I was like, dang, you know? I'm not insinuating that you should just be manipulated and abused and stay under that leadership. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But I'm saying we gotta forgive, amen? So, um, really quickly, you know, every pastor's famous words, especially mine. I, I just wanna kind of bring it home with this and we're just gonna have a little bit of worship, okay? Y'all good? Good, awesome, three of you, wonderful. I think it's about to start pouring down rain anyway, so you, you don't wanna go. Um, but you'll see this in the story of Joseph, right? So Joseph was given a dream. Joseph, in my opinion, did this stupid thing and told his brothers. And he told them basically, hey, I'm gonna rule over you guys. <laughs> Not really the best idea, by the way. His brothers got what? Jealous. They got envious. Jealousy, envy leads to bitterness. They became bitter. They became so ridiculously bitter that they, they tried to kill, they threw him in a pit 
and act like he was killed by an animal. His own brothers. And only one of them said, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill him, actually. Maybe we should sell him into slavery. Right? So jealousy and envy led to them being bitter, led to them trying to kill their own brother, selling their own brother. I mean, I've been mistreated, but I've never been sold into slavery. I've never been put in a pit, tell my parents I'm dead, and sell me to a slave. I mean, we, I mean come on, you know what I mean? Like, he had a lot of reasons to, to, to get mad. And then you see what happens. He goes on. He's in Potiphar's house. And then guess what again? He's falsely accused. Right? He's falsely accused. He's mistreated. He's unfairly treated. And what happens? He gets sent to prison. Did you know what Joseph doesn't do? He doesn't get bitter with God. Because that's usually what happens. A lot of times, not only are we bitter and resent people, but we also get bitter and resent God. And we start to say, where were you? Where are you? What, where, why aren't you coming through for me? But you'll see that Joseph is faithful. He's faithful in the jail. And then there's a time where he interprets a dream, and then the guy still forgets him. Seven more years. But you know what's beautiful? And then... It happens. He goes to the palace. He's ruling and reigning. And this is a perfect picture of Jesus, right? Betrayed, mistreated by his own people. What happens? His brothers come. They're looking for food. What does Joseph do? This is my time to get revenge. I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to put them all in prison. They're going to see what it's like. He provides food. You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? You know what I mean? Like it's wild. And it's actually, really, Joseph is a picture of Jesus in the Bible. That Jesus was betrayed. He was unfairly treated. And the, and the ones who don't deserve it still get the benefit. And then what, and just like God elevated Joseph to the highest place, the Bible says that because he suffered a criminal's death, and now he's what? Elevated to the highest place. And he's seated above everything. Why? Because he chose not to hold the world's trespasses against them. This is something that, that, that this is something we got to understand. That this is everything. That he reconciled the world to himself. How? By not holding the world's trespasses against him. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. This is what we're called to do, church. We're called to let people go called to let them go we're called to get things out of our heart and let them go and I feel like this morning there's an opportunity as well for some of us to even let go of even bitterness and resentment towards the Lord and that's so how many of you know God's big enough to handle that he's not like how dare you but I think we got to be humble enough to be like man um, I remember I went through some counseling and I went through some stuff and I got to this crazy part where I was just like man honestly I think I'm mad at God I don't know if I'm just mad at my family. I think, I think I'm mad at the Lord. You know, how many of you know, like, you know, does that make sense? And I've told you all this before, and, and I tell this all the time. And it's just really like, there's just an opportunity. It's like, okay, sometimes, you notice what Joseph said when they kept saying, they're like, oh, dude, we're sorry. <laughs> you notice what he said? God put me here. Whoa. There's a scripture in the Bible that's really hard for a lot of us to get and always probably will be. That God causes all things to work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. 
You know what that really means is understanding, hey, God, I'm not gonna be bitter or resentment towards you anymore. I release you and I trust you. And no matter what happens in my life, you have to cause it for my good. You have to. You have to. It's a promise that he makes. Amen? Does this make sense? Nobody had more right to stay bitter, to be mad at God than Joseph and Jesus, and they didn't. So um, what does that look like practically before we just step in? Worship team, go ahead and come. I'll tell you another little testimony real quickly. I saw a guy this past, it's funny, I'm thinking about bitterness this whole week, and then I start to see a bunch of people that I'm probably bitter with. <laughs> like, honestly. And one of them I really knew because I saw him at a store, and I was in my car, and I kind of like hid behind that part of my car. <laughs> you see, the ones that are laughing, y'all know what I'm, exactly what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are still confused. When you're driving, you know, there's that part of your car that comes down on your left, you know, and I was kind of like, you know, trying to play in that space. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But it, seriously, it was like, oh, I don't even want to see, I don't even want this person to see me. Right? And just to be honest, it's because uh, it's felt like I've been unfairly treated by that person and been accused. And here I am like, oh man, Lord, is this bitterness? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, dang it. Okay. So I had this moment in my car where I was just like, Lord, I forgive them. And I release them to you. And I bless them. Help me to love them like you love them. And so then I seen him in the store. And, you know, it just, it just wasn't there. It just broke. And I just sincerely shook his hand. Just, hey, it's really good to see you. How are, how are you and your wife? Awesome. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, what does this look like <laughs> once you <laughs> get past some things? It's like, you know what? I'm still gonna love you. I'm still gonna love you. There's nothing you can do to stop me from loving you. And I'm not saying we're gonna be best friends. Me and this guy probably ain't gonna have coffee anytime soon. But I'm gonna love you when I see you and I'm gonna love you in my heart and I'm gonna truly love you and I'm gonna truly pray for you and I'm gonna truly believe God's best for you. Because if I'm not believing God's best for you, I'm probably bitter. And I'm like, man. I'm telling you guys, this whole forgiveness thing and freedom thing, it, it takes work. It's not something passive that's just gonna happen to you at freedom groups. It's something you're gonna get from freedom groups. You're gonna have to apply for the rest of your life. Because how many of you know the devil's never gonna shut his stupid mouth? And he's always gonna be right there to say, be offended, be mad, hold it in your heart. They're nasty. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. I hear you, I see you. I'm not drinking poison today. Can we stand to our feet? I feel like there's a moment today for, even it's the beginning of this song, for some of you that are like, man, I'm, I think I'm even bitter towards the Lord. <laughs> I'm mad at God for not coming through for me in the ways that I thought he should, whatever it may be. I feel like there's a moment this morning, I want Maddie to get into the bridge of your nature, and I want us to really get in that song. And I just feel like there's a moment to let the Lord go, or <laughs> God, I trust you. I trust you. Forgive me for holding bitterness even against you, Lord. Does this make sense? And I feel also this morning, if, if you just close your eyes even now, if you just openly say, man, Holy Spirit, is there somebody even this morning that I still need to just release and give back to you 
I need, I just need to forgive. Will you bring it to my memory right now? Come on with every, just every eyes closed. It helps. Just ask the Lord. I'm not trying to, I'm not asking you to try to find something that's not there, but just if you're open, just ask him, he'll speak. And I, I just feel there's a moment to just release the Lord from your bitterness and release others as we sing this song. Can we sing? Come on, come on, every voice. Whatever you need to do. If you need to lift your hands, if you need to kneel, if you need to come down front. Thank you, Lord. Come on, there's an exchange this morning that's available if you want it, and I believe you do. Hmm. Come on, can we worship a little bit? I know you might be ready to go. Can you just lift your hands in this place and lift your voice? Come on, we're not done this morning. We're not going to rush the Lord. Let's press in just a moment. Prayer team, could you come? Come on, Maddie. Come on, just let them sing over you. We're just going to have an activation moment right now. If you feel like, man, I need to release the Lord and say, God, I trust you. Would you just lift your hands right now? Would you be bold enough? Come on. Thank you for your boldness. And I want you to say that out loud. Lord, forgive me for holding bitterness against you. I trust you. I trust you. And if you need to release someone, I pray you even say that right now. Say, Lord, I forgive, and say their name. <laughs> Come on, it got quiet in here. It shouldn't be quiet. Lord, I forgive, and say their name. And say, I release them this morning. I give them to you. Come on, we don't have to wait necessarily for freedom to let some people go this morning. There's an opportunity. And let me just pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the kindness and grace of Jesus and the mercy of God that comes in and heals wounds and heals the brokenhearted. Hmm. I thank you, God, that even though some things may be removed this morning, that, God, you've given people the tools to recognize when things try to come back, God. And I just pray and empower them this morning to go, continually give people to you. We just declare that we will not drink poison at the Father's house, that we will look after one another at the Father's house, and we will guard our hearts in Jesus' mighty name.
Amen, amen, amen. And if you're here today, I just want to have an opportunity. Our prayer team is here. If you need prayer, you can go ahead and come now. But if you're here today and you're like, man, I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I need to give my life to Jesus. I don't want you to miss this morning at all. So if you need to be born again, if you need to be saved, would you just lift your hand right now? I want to give my heart to Jesus. I need salvation. I want to give my life to him. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you are? Anybody else? I just want to have a moment. I don't want to miss an opportunity. Anybody at all? Awesome. I see that hand. Come on, church. Anybody else? I see that hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's wonderful. And if you, if you had your hand raised, would you just pray with me right here from where you are? But I ask you, please. Before you go, come down to the altars. Let one of our people pray with you. But if you have your hand raised, anybody else, would you just pray this from your heart? Listen, the Bible says we are not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of this prayer. We're not ashamed of coming to Christ. We are not ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't let shame speak to you in this room. Would you lift your hands? For those who said, I don't want salvation, would you just say, Jesus, forgive me. Wash away my sin. I believe you died for me because you love me. And I believe you rose from the grave. Today is a new day. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Can we give it up for the couple people that gave their life to the Lord? Please. I know there's a couple of you ladies, one on my right, one on your left. Before you go, please come down. We have a, a, a connection card. We want to get you a new believer's book. We want to get connected with you. We don't want you to be on an island. Stop at the welcome desk. We'd love to pray with you. You are amazing. Bless you guys. Have an awesome week. Can we give it up for Jesus this morning?